Wait, did you just... Is that twist-off? High Life's always been a twist-off, dum-dum. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. I said that weird because I feel like I never, like, I just kind of slur it normally. We are a Drinking Bravo masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lizzie. I'm Stephanie. You were, like, holding that in. Like, you were just, like, looking like, I'm trying not to say something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to totally ignore it and hope it just stays. Also, I was almost going to say, I'm also Lindsay. So. <laughs> One, day. Been funny. One day. One <laughs> day. One can hope. Um, <laughs> but I remember to do it one day. Uh, it's the second episode of the month. Um, Which seems really weird because you guys listening don't know, but we recorded this pretty much back to back with our episode that just came out. Not like episode one and two back to back though. We like It's been a few days. It's yeah, not but it's two just episodes been way, one day. It's been just way more recent yeah. than normal. Uh, and that's just because we're going on vacation. Um, I wanted to get this episode preloaded for, like, auto-upload. Um, and then you know because we auto-uploaded it and pre-did it, it's going to be fucked up. Pre-did it? <laughs> I said pre-did it. Oh, I think I said pre-did it. I kind of wish you had said that. <laughs> Anyways, um, we will start with Lindsay's binge-watch update. It's been a while, I feel like, since we've done this. Yeah, I'm excited. Tell me, tell me what you've been watching. I know there's one thing you've been watching that I'm absolutely obsessed with. Okay, so I, in the time, have watched many shows... Yeah, so I've been watching, um, uh, well, Matt had never seen this, so I, we rewatched or I rewatched the first season of Umbrella Academy, and then, um, finished the second season, I really, I mean, I love that show. It's just so good. It's fantastic, um, also because of my love for Gerard Way, I love it even more because of that. Um, Honestly, that show is so good. It's no, it is so really good. good. I already want there to be a third season, and, like, I know the second season just came out, so it's unfortunate. Um, we started, uh, Lovecraft Country. On HBO. On HBO. Um, so, I guess I should talk, I can talk about what the Umbrella Academy is, but it's basically, like, dystopian, uh, or not dystopian, but they all have, the Umbrella Academy is a group of kids that, adults, adults, but, um, they're all born on the same day through, like, spontaneous pregnancies. Their parents, like, their mom, like, wasn't pregnant pregnant that morning. morning. Yeah, Yeah, and then, like, gave birth that night, or that evening, um, and the theory was, like, all these kids with superpowers were special, and they are. So it's kind of about those kids. The, they were kids at the time and adults when the show starts, um, trying to save the world, essentially. Um, and to stop the apocalypse in many different ways. Yes. Stop themselves from causing, causing the, the apocalypse, apocalypse, realistically. Um, Lovecraft Country is, um, a new film, or a new sh- Two series based off of a book. I um, want to read the book. It's on HBO. It, um, it's produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, and the write the main like writer is a woman, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Her name escapes me right now. Um, but the idea is that it takes place in pre um, civil rights uh, like Chicago. The 50s yeah, Chicago. the fifties in Chicago. Um, and it follows this group of, uh, black Americans, um, while they, like, navigate racism in Chicago, like, up north, where, like, right, like, segregation existed, but it was done through, um, like, redlining, um, 
sundown towns, mm-hmm. um, and like it occurs differently than it did in the South, so it kind of addresses that. And then it's also like peppered in with like supernatural elements. So Lovecraftian monsters show up. There's some um, like supernatural like witchcraft. Yep. Um, there's a cult. Um, it's very interesting, and it's kind of done almost in a like, anthropo like uh, is it anthology? called anthology. So the story like tracks throughout, but each episode is a little bit different yep. in the main focus of the story. But then like throughout each episode, it all still like yeah. Re- so like they ties. they talk about events that happened in the previous episodes. But um, it's anthological uh, in the way that, like, by the first, like, the first two episodes cover one topic. The next one, like, the next episode is a different topic. Then the one after that's going to be a different topic. But there's still so, like a thread there's, yeah. that relates through all of them. Yep. So like, the third episode is primarily based here in Chicago. Yep. The first two episodes are based in like Massachusetts. I, I believe. think so. Yeah. Um, and I haven't gotten past the third episode. But so. the end of the third episode relates to yep. the, all the events of exactly. episode two and one. So exactly. Um, yeah. And it's. I mean, it's a well done show. I. It's so good. Um, they do the racial tensions really well in that. Like I, you feel I, it. With I them. do. I yeah. feel it with them, and I'm terrified for them. Yeah. Um, and some of the scarier parts of the show aren't even, like, really, uh, they're not even really supernatural. No, it's it's the people. It's the people, like, it's, like, a sundown town for, you know, sundown county, and, like, the race to get out of it was fucking terrifying. Oh my god, that gave me such anxiety. Um, so I think it's really interesting that they, they do it that way, especially considering it's called Lovecraft Country, where, um, H.P. Lovecraft was, like, a notorious white supremacist. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to me that they cover so much of, like, the black... They, well, they cover the black community in, like, a Lovecraft nature. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's all I'll cover for this has been this binge-watch update. Um, those are two very good shows, so check them out. Um, so let's get into the beer. Stephanie, what are we drinking? Today, we are drinking a real big boy, and we'll see how we end up at the end of this episode, but, uh... We are drinking Double Two Hearted from Bell's Brewing in Comstock, Michigan. This beer is 11%. Oh, is it? Oh, Jesus. Um, it says, everything you love about our classic two-hearted ale, now in a double IPA. With two and a half times the amount of centennial hops, Double Two Hearted has intense pine and citrus notes, a resinous hop aroma, and rich malt character. So this was packed on 827. So it's about two weeks old. Yep. Two and a half weeks old about right two, now. Two and a half weeks old. So, um, so super fresh. Super fresh. Super. Um, and then there's two fish on the front instead of the one. Yeah. So have you had this before? I am not. Oh my uh, god. Oh my god. I don't know that I have. That boy's hoppy. I blacked out drinking this last year. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that. This is um, very hoppy. They, they describe this very well. It's very resinous. <clears throat> yeah. It has very intense pine and citrus notes. It's very resiny. It is very resiny. It literally is too hard on steroids. Yeah. Like super, super resiny. Very, very piney, too. Yeah. It is a smack in the face of a beer. Like, dear God. But also, I love it so much. Um, I think I already have words for this. Mm. 
I'm going to say, like, it has a sweetness, and I don't know where it's coming from. It's got centennial hops in it, so that's probably what you're getting. Um, centennial hops also have a bit of a citrusiness to them. I think that might be the sweetness. Well, I think it's the maltiness comes across as sweet as well. That's fair. Um, so I was going to say boozy, malty, and sweet. I'm going to say piney, malty, and heavy. Because this beer is heavy on the mouth. Those are very similar words. Also, um, so I'd agree. they have this on draft at Roots Pizza right now. Oh, God. Imagine drinking this in one of those giant-ass happy hour glasses. We've done it with Hop Slam. Yeah. Hop Slam is what, 12%? 10? Around there, yeah. 10 or 12. Um, this is yeah, so much fun. That's intense. Um, cool. This is a good beer, though. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No. It's, it's going to be a fun episode. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> you would go into it with that. Um, today we're talking about the 25th anniversary of What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis. Yeah. I mean, actually, we're just going to talk about Oasis, but we're doing this because it's the 25th anniversary of What's the Story, Morning Glory. Correct. So, this album actually was released on October 2nd of 1995 on Creation Records, it was produced by Owen Morris and Noel Gallagher. So Oasis was formed in Manchester in 1991. The original lineup was Liam Gallagher on lead vocals and tambourine. Uh, Paul Arthur's on guitar. I'm going to fuck up this guy's last name. Paul McGuigan? That's the closest we're going to get, I think. Sure. So he played bass. Tony McCarroll was the original drummer. He was replaced uh, after the first album with somebody else. And then Noel Gallagher on lead guitar and vocals. So uh, the members of the band have kind of changed over the years, but it's always been the two Gallagher brothers. And they were the only two original members at the disbandment of the band in 2009. They've released a total of seven albums but the real height of their fame only lasted until the late 90s after the release of Morning Glory. And yeah. like they, when they were riding the high of Morning Glory. Yep. So, What's the Story Morning Glory is the second album that Oasis ever released. Uh, their first album was called Definitely Maybe, and it was released in 1994. And when they released Morning Glory, um, it was a huge departure from the original album. The original album's very indie sounding. This album was more, way more pop friendly, more ballady, had a larger emphasis on the chorus, had more instrumentation. And people actually said that it took away from the band's unique rawness that they had on their debut album. And I said rawness in air quotes. Because, you know, podcasting is a visual medium. Um... (laughs) Definitely Maybe, though, when it was released, and obviously that being Oasis's debut album, was considered a complete revitalization of the Britpop genre from the 80s. It was, it's actually considered by several publications as the best album of all time. And in a reader's poll for NME in 2006, it was voted the number one album of all time. Um, 
But Morning Glory, when it was released in 2005, really took Oasis just from being this, like, indie crossover band to, like, a worldwide sensation. And suddenly, like, everybody knew who Oasis was in the 90s. Yeah. And it's actually been considered one of the most significant albums in the history of British indie music. It spent 10 weeks at number one on the UK albums chart and actually reached number four in the US uh, on the Billboard 200. The album actually received really mixed reviews from critics, but the fans just loved it. And the album actually hit certified platinum four times over within one year of its release. Wow. And it had over 4 million units sold in 1995. The album was released in ni- at the end of 95. Keep yeah. that in mind. 4 million units were sold between October and, and December. December 31st. Yeah, so like two months. The album was literally selling like 250,000 copies a week. Wow. Okay. That's insane. Like, it was crazy. The album just sold so much. So, um... Do you want to talk about the album yet itself? Let's start with, I mean, we can talk about more about Oasis stuff. I figured most of this would be talking about Oasis. I mean, obviously, that's way more fun to talk about than just an album. Yeah. Um, let's get into some of the Britpop feuds then about Oasis, behind Oasis. This is my favorite part of the episode. Okay. So, uh... On August 14th of 1995 is the day that's been dubbed as the Battle of Britpop. So this is obviously before um, Morning Glory had come out. Mm -hmm. But on that date, both Blur and Oasis released a single on the same day. Oasis released Roll With It, and Blur released Country House. Blur actually sold significantly more units... But also, duh, that's because Blur is way better than Oasis. But that's I... not the topic of the episode. Um, right before Morning Glory was released, Noel Gallagher actually said he hoped that Damon Albarn and Alex James would catch AIDS and die because he fucking hates the two of them. He did later apologize, but it was... That's does, real... But does Noel ever mean any of his apologies? It's always just like a, I'm sorry that they were offended by what I said. That's probably right. From Noel. Um, Another well-known, I think well-known, I would assume is well-known, is the feud between Noel and Liam. Oh, that's like the best part of Oasis. They hate each other. So I have a yearly guide of, a guide of their feud over the years, um, so, according to Rolling Stone, so it says, um, sometime in the 1970s, the feud begins. That means that Liam was born. <laughs> so, it says, by their own admission, they've been at each other's throats basically since Liam was born. Um, an example in the documentary Supersonic by Oasis, uh, Liam reveals that during one of their fights, one night he came in pissed drunk and couldn't find the light switch, so he pissed all over Noel's new stereo, and I think it basically boils down to that, according to him. In 1994, Noel quit uh, Oasis' first American tour. It was after Definitely Maybe was released in 1994. Um, and during a gig at the Whiskey A Go Go in Los Angeles, the band allegedly, 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 high on crystal meth, muddled through a legendarily terrible set, which culminated in Liam hitting Noel with a tambourine and walking off stage before the show was over. 
Noel quit tour the next day, although he eventually rejoined the group. I have actually heard that Oasis, like, back in the early days, was notorious for being awful. Oh, I know Awful live. It's um, probably because they were all high on crystal meth all the time. <laughs> like, damn. In 1995, Wibbling Rivalry was released. It's um, not really a character of the brothers fighting, um, because it's legitimate. It's supposed to be a um, But it's a bootleg like, single um, that was re- uh, unleashed. Uh, and it consists of an audio recording the brothers did with enemy enemies John Harris in early 1994 before Definitely Maybe was released. It's basically 14 minutes of them fighting and insulting each other, with Noel comparing Liam to a football hooligan and Liam telling Noel, "You can stick your thousand pounds right up your fucking arse until it comes out of your big fuck out of your fucking big toe." Um. This thing says that this is truly a must-listen for any dedicated Oasis scholar, and now I feel like we need to listen to it. It says that it lays bare to one of the, inter- the central conflicts of Oasis's rise stardom, the tension between the band's actual music and the hard-partying reputation the name Oasis would become synonymous with. Um, 1996, the, band, the band's fame threatens to tear them apart. Um, so they hit their peak of their fame um, a year after What's the Story, Morning Glory came out. And this was the year that they broke through on the Billboard Hot 100 Wonderwall. Um, it says that level of success was calamitous for two people as cocky and volatile. Calamitous is quite the word. It is pretty calamitous. Jesus. <laughs> um, for two people as cocky and volatile as Liam and Noel. Um, all the cocaine they were using by their own admission probably did not help. Hey, what have we learned? So, um, they were supposed to record or record an MTV Unplugged in London, but Liam claiming that he had laryngitis Ooh. didn't perform. So what he did is he just like stood in the background, like up on the balcony, chain smoking and drinking and heckling Noel the entire performance. And it's like legendary because he just like heckled his brother from the back the entire show. Yeah. Um, and then as a band were supposed to embark on an American tour, Liam decided he did not want to come. Um, and that is something that Noel later said killed Oasis in America. And then never to be outdone by his kid brother, Noel himself said, fuck it a few weeks later and returned to England in the middle of the tour. Um, and they managed to patch things up for a little while. In 1998, the brothers are immortalized on Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh my Death god, Match. I watched this as a kid. I remember I've seen this episode. So, uh, they ended up as the subjects of an episode of MTV's Claymation Brawler. They gave the writers plenty to work with, so in the battle, the booze-soaked brothers, you can tell which is which because Liam had a unibrow until Noel rips it off. Um, they kick, punch, and lead, generally beat the shit out of each other in ways that they probably only dreamed of in real life. Um, and so it says until Gallagher, like the comedian that smashes the watermelon, he shows up and smashes the shit out of them. Basically. Got it. I was confused about what that means. Okay, but wait, like quick time out. Have you never seen this? No, I've never seen this. Have you ever seen this show? No. Uh, in 2000, Noel quit again after a fight with Liam. Allegedly in the middle of the band's 2000 world tour, they got into a fight so bad in which Liam was said to have questioned the legitimacy of his brother's, his, of Noel's daughter, that Noel quit the tour, and later Noel will tell British music magazine Q, I've never forgiven him because he's never apologized. Eventually rejoined the tour later that year, um... 
In 2005, Noel claimed that Liam is frightened to death of him. Uh, although they were still recording albums, their relationship was fucked up, essentially. They often took to the press to air grievances and share petty beefs. Um, in a spin interview in 2005, Noel admitted that he was resorting to mental manipulation to get Liam to do what he wanted. Uh, this is a quote that says, I've kind of learned that instead of arguing stuff out with him and ending in a fight, I work on psychology and he's completely freaked out by me now. Uh, I can read him and I can fucking play him like a slightly disused arcade game. Later, Noel would have revealed that he used to mess with Liam, who was apparently afraid of ghosts, by moving furniture around and making him think that spirits did it. 2009, Noel quits Oasis for good. Um, Finally, two, two years, 20 years later. Um, in a statement, he said, it's with some great sadness and great relief to tell you that I quit Oasis tonight. People will write what they say and like, but I simply could not go on working with Liam a day longer. He's like a man with a fork in a world of soup. <laughs> Allegedly, a fight led between the brothers led to Liam getting physical, eventually smashing one of Noel's guitar, and um, Noel snapped, and then Liam later sued, sued Noel over what uh, he said was a false account of the events. And I love that this goes on past. <laughs> well, yeah, because the feud's been the most intense. Oh, yeah. Like, After? Yeah. Wait, and, so we take a time out at the 2010 mark. So I feel like the 2010 mark, like, the band is done. Yes. And this, if you know anything nowadays about the Gallagher brothers, their feud has only, like, it started then. But it is literally skyrocketed with with social media specifically. Literally, it is skyrocketed. It is bananas what is going to be starting to come. And it's typically what's going to be coming in 2011 when Liam Gallagher gets a Twitter account. (laughs) So in 2010, Liam snubs Noel at the Brit Awards. Um, The band was awarded its last honor, the Brit's best album of the past 30 years for What's the Story, Morning Glory. In 2010, um, Liam accepted the award and thanked the other band members and uh, the best fans in the world before he threw the award into the audience, but he did not thank Noel. He later explained that, I'm sick of it all being about me and Noel. That's why he shouted out to the fans and the other band members. Um, But I don't think that that's true. I think he was seriously, I think he was just like, fuck you, Noel. Yeah, I I think so, too. Uh, 2011, the feud enters the digital age as Liam discovers Twitter. Uh, It says... And since since 2011, Liam has used Twitter for a number of things, posting song lyrics, cheering on his beloved Manchester City, leaking details of his solo record, and sending forth a seemingly never-ending series of catty jabs at his estranged brother. It started in tw- 2009 when Liam tweeted, What a pair of old housewives about Noel and Russell Brand's short-lived comedy show. From there, he went to make fun oh, of Oh, I forgot the show that Noel did a comedy show. And call him Noel Katie Hopkins Gallagher and beige, and repeatedly tweet, simply, fuck Oasis. Um, Noel pretty much doesn't respond on Twitter. No, but Liam, after you finish this, I just want to read some of Liam's best tweets. 2016, Liam's now famous potato tweets begin. He took the feud to another level by tweeting out a photo of Noel with the caption potato. Nothing more than that. Just a picture of Noel with the word potato underneath it. Um, it's actually pretty funny. The potato story is actually amazing. So, um, after Liam started calling Noel a potato, um, he had put out 
uh, or somebody showed up to one of his events in 2016 and just peeled a potato in the crowd the entire set. Like, casually peeling a potato. And so Liam actually said, I want someone to come and peel potato spuds live on stage during my set. And um, this actually came in response to when Noel Gallagher had uh, the girl playing scissors on his show. And uh, one of the old bandmates uh, that didn't last in in Oasis very long came and played the potato. Um, Actually, because of that, Potato peelers were banned at the the Manchester Music Festival Park Life. Dude, they're sharp. I know, but also people were like fully gonna bring them to yeah. come see Liam. They're sharp. That's like a good weapon. He told an interviewer that quote, lots of people saying to chill out about Noel, not until they stop Twitter. That C word will always get it for me. Noel's response was, I guess it was about him staying relevant. If you're him, what else is there to tweet about? Um 2017 October, Noel recommends that Liam see a psychiatrist, and Liam roasted Noel during a Reddit AMA. On the Reddit AMA, Liam said, um, basically to a response of the question, would you sing a song Noel wrote for you if he offered it to you for a solo album? Liam said, I think he needs all the songs he can get to himself these days. But it just kind of proves, not a great burn, but it just proves that he will literally be an ass to him. Yeah. At any opportunity. Um, yeah, November 2017, Noel performed with High Flying Birds, and one of the members was playing the scissors, as Stephanie mentioned. She's also a backup singer, but she plays the scissors during one of the songs, and, like, the TV cameras was, like, zoomed in on this chick playing the scissors. His uh, explanation for that is that she's French and eccentric. Um, and then his response to Stephanie mentioned, or Liam's response to Stephanie mentioned, was that he tweeted recruiting a fan to peel a potato on stage during a performance, which, and while that didn't happen, the fan did bring a potato peeler and a potato and a peeler to the show in London. Um, and that's kind of it up to date. Uh, so Stephanie's gonna read some of the I just tweets. wanna read some of, like, the really fucking crazy Liam Gallagher tweets, because Liam Gallagher, even today, is known for being batshit crazy. Um... On October 3rd, 2016, he tweets, Noel Gallagher, a.k.a. Shitbad Blanks premiere, not one fucking rag, mention it. If it was the other way around, I'd be hung bunch of... See, word, LG. He signs everything off, LG. That, like, doesn't make any exactly. sense. Um, the sun has got its hat on. Hip, 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 hooray. The sun has got its hat on, and it's coming out to play, as you were, LG. He signed, he always signs off, as you were. He's also tweeted about how Justin Bieber rules. He says, there's only two sauces worth their weight in gold. That's HP and Heinz. The rest can kiss my arse. Jesus saves, LG. Snore Patrol, Noel Gallagher's high-flying Smurfs, who said rock and roll's dead, LG. Uh, in 2020, I believe, I intend to retire as a solo artist after album number three as I have just had a call from my brother begging me to start Oasis again in 2022. If you believe in life after love, come on, you know, LG. So what's actually really interesting, and this was one of the final things I was going to say about the feud between the Gallagher brothers, um... In 
March of 2020, Liam said in an interview that he wanted to actually reunite with Noel once the COVID pandemic was done, specifically to raise money for the NHS within the UK. Okay. Which obviously hasn't happened yet, but that's something he said he wants to do. So will Oasis get back together for real, for real? Who knows? But will Liam Gallagher keep tweeting absolute nonsense? Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of obvious that Liam Gallagher is the asshole here. Oh, absolutely. He is the person He's the monster. that's, I am the asshole. Yeah. Oh, here's the potato. If you haven't seen it, this is the potato tweet. That's, oh. Is it about his chin? Yeah. I mean, it's about his entire face. He, he constantly calls Noel a potato. That's so mean. Oh, here's um, another one. That's so mean. <laughs> Liam. So I wanted to go into the meme anyway. Here's Wonderwall. Um... Essentially, nobody really knows where it came from. It's kind of, like, always been a thing. Um, and I feel like it's become a thing, though, because well, there's everyone a, can play it on the acoustic yeah, guitar. Yeah, so, like, there are some origins. Um, in 2012, a photo of a smiling man was captured. I don't know that one. Here, let me play Wonderwall again. Um, and this was titled Scumbag Amateur Guitar Player in reference to the Scumbag Steve meme. Um, and it basically kind of went everywhere, and that's, like, the earliest, um, like, recognition of that happening. Um, and then there is a 2013 video of a YouTuber named Julia Banks uploaded, um, to her channel, titled Anyway, Here's Wonderwall, which is her playing a ukulele cover of that song, um, before launching into a parody that alters the lyrics, so just like a, a fuck parody video. It only has like 5,000 views, so I'm not quite sure why it's being Can mentioned. Can you read the lyrics that she changes it to? Because I think it's fucking Yeah, hilarious. so she altered the first line, um, so for example, to today is going to be the day that you're going to shut the fuck up about Christmas. But yeah, anyways, that whole anyway, here's Wonderwall meme um, kind of just like showed up one day and there's not really a pinpoint to it essentially according to the internet i'm trying to remember like one of the first times i ever i say that all the time oh dude i first heard it in like college in 2010 like yeah i remember people like but i think it was also because like dudes would be like hey you want to hear me play like play guitar at like parties and then they would play wonderwall it's like no like it's kind of like how nowadays guys play Tame Impala to like seem cool they would play guitar back in our college days be like anyway here's wonderwall right Oh my god, the less I know the better is the new Wonderwall. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this band? It's, um... They're, you, they're really underground, I'm sure you've never heard of them. They're called Tame Impala. It's actually, it's actually just one, one guy. guy. His name's Kevin Parker. Kevin! <laughs> um, so let's get into a little bit more of the discussion, right? Because uh, I think that's pretty much all we really have. Yeah, we're just going to talk how much we love and worship Oasis for the rest of the episode. Um, so... Let's get into the album really quickly, and then we'll do a little bit more about Oasis. What is your favorite song off of What's Story, Morning Glory? That's a good question. Um, If I look at the track listing, I could probably tell you. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I know it's cliche, because I think it was the the first single they released. Champagne Supernova? uh, No, it's Don't Look Back in Anger. Nice. So, um... That song slaps real hard. Or no, the first single was... Uh, some might say. That's my other favorite. Um, Don't look back at anger and some might say. 
I actually think mine's Morning Glory. But like really when song. I first heard all of these songs, it was Champagne Supernova. I um, liked Champagne Supernova a lot when I was like a teenager. Yeah. Um I had to tell you a funny story about this. So when I first downloaded this album, it was like on LimeWire or I torrented it. I can't remember exactly which one. Um, but there was a song called So Sally Can Wait. And for the longest time, like just because I was listening to it on my iPod and I don't think I really paid attention, I don't think I realized it was the same song twice on there. Real nice. Um, so I thought that there was a song called So Sally Can Wait and did not realize. And like honestly, I don't know why I didn't pick up on it. Um, but didn't realize it was just Don't Look Back in Anger. Um, do you have a favorite Oasis song that's not off of this album? Ooh. Or is your favorite song of theirs, period? You know what? That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I think my favorite song is probably Don't Look Back in Anger, but I am a really big, big, I am a really big fan of, um, Supersonic off of Definitely Maybe. Um, I'm a big fan of Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Uh, Isn't that a newer song? No, that's from, like, 2002. Well, yes, newer. <laughs> newer than this episode, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, my favorite one, I think, is going to be Morning Glory or Champagne Supernova. Um, what I feel was like your... I liked Wonderwall a lot when I was, like, Yeah, I mean, we all did. Ten. Yeah, I feel Twelve. like we all did. Um, I had a friend in high school that he, like, he and I, like, not, like, romantic at all. Like, we would just, like, eat lunch together and listen to Oasis on my iPod and, like, share a headphone. Like, you know how, like, people used to share headphones? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We used to, like, eat I, our lunches. I lunch. was a teenager We used to eat our lunches, like, outside because it's Florida and it was nice out and, like, just listen to Oasis and that was, like, our thing. And then after the semester changed, we never hung out again. <laughs> I do think it's super weird, and I'm sure it probably happened when my brothers would have been... Ooh, I almost wonder if Oasis would have been, like, a song... I want to talk to my brother Chris and be like, so how much Oasis did you listen to in high school? Ask him if it was ever him and a girlfriend of his <laughs> song. <laughs> I actually Chris, want to talk about So my this. brother Chris was, uh... He would have been a junior in high school yeah, when this came out. Yeah, it was probably his song with some girlfriend that he... Some girl he was dating. Probably. Um, I do want to talk about... Although Chris listened to Limp Biscuit in high <laughs> school, so I doubt it. <laughs> Good God. Um, I want to talk about how many people had, like, Wonderwall as their song, because they're like, oh my God, this guy's saving me. Or Bitch, if you're a white that, girl from the suburbs, you don't need saved... <laughs> Saved from Damn it, one. that's my joke. <laughs> Saved from That's one. my joke. <laughs> no, but, like, literally, you're a white girl from the suburbs or a white guy from the burbs. Like, how bad is your life that you need saving? Your parents told you you couldn't go out this weekend. Do you need saving? Like, what? Ugh. I feel like this would have been, I mean, obviously I was two yeah, when this album was three. released. Like, but... I feel like I listen to a lot more Oasis now than a lot of people do now. my age would have done when this came out. I listen to more Oasis than the average person listens to or has ever listened to. That's probably fair. I think that's the statement you need to say is you, in your entire life, by listening to the entirety of What's the Story Morning Glory. By owning have, What's the Story Morning have, Glory. By default, listen to more Oasis than most people have listened to. That's fair. I feel like I was also really... I went through a weird phase in high oh, school. Oh, I love Oasis. No, I went through a weird phase in high school where I listened to a lot of Britpop. Like, okay. old Britpop. So I listened to a lot of Blur and then Oasis. Well, like, I mean, this if you... 
when we were in high school, this is old. Like, we were, I started high school in 2006, you started in what, 2007? Yeah. So, like, this album was over 10 years old by then. No, I th- I'm talking, like, 80s Britpop oh. that I've listened to, and then I was like, well, if I'm already listening to Britpop, I might as well get into Oasis. I don't know why I started listening to Oasis. It was, like, a, one of those band names I'd heard people talk about before, and was like, I should probably, like, I guarantee you Wonderwall was playing on the radio one day, and I, like, saw it scroll across the screen. Yeah, I think I had, like, a cousin talking about it, um, and I was like, I should probably, like, listen to this band at some point. Um, and then, which is your favorite brother's solo project? So and why one, is it Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds? So, is it not? It was. I actually really love High Flying Birds. Um, but, I think it's, bec- over time, it's become Liam. Liam's newest solo album is amazing. It's so good. Um, I actually saw, so funny like story. Like three days ago, you said it was Knowles. I don't like Knowles' newer work, but I like his, your Literally old. three days ago, you were like, I want to ask this question because I want to talk about how Knowles No, I, I wanted to ask best. this question because I wanted to talk about how Blur is a better Britpop band than Oasis. Oh. That was what I said. No, I, I vehemently remember you saying. No, because when I said I... I don't know that that's the right word because I don't know what that word means. I just feel like that's the right... <laughs> No. The other day I was talking about how I wanted to talk about Britpop, so I wanted to talk about Blur. Blur is I was going to hijack band. the episode and talk about Blur. Well, you did not, and Blur is not the better band. As a, like a long-term, uh, like, who's done the best over the years, like, all of their music, it's, Noel's music's, I think, way more inventive, but Neil's, or, Neil. Neil? <laughs> Neil's, Neil's the third brother. <laughs> the unknown brother. It's like the third Hemsworth brother. <laughs> the bonus Jonas. There's like four Hemsworth brothers. There's like are another... they? Oh Jesus Christ! There's too many Hemsworth. Isn't there? Isn't there another famous one? I don't know. I think there's another famous one. It's like the Scars. It's like the Scars family. family. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I think who's done the whose music I like the most more recently is probably Liam. But whose music I like the most over time is probably Noel. Um, cool. Is there anything that you want to talk about that's not related to Blur? Uh, <laughs> Blur is the superior Brit pop I said that's not related to Blur. <laughs> I'm going to think about potatoes very differently from now on. Yeah. After Same seeing all of Noel's. those photos captioned, of Noel captioned as potato. Cool. I think that pretty much covers it for this episode then. So thank you guys for listening. Um, No final thoughts. So listen through the song for our handles. And we'll see you when we get back from Denver. Yep. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, And if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.